All right, y'all know what it is. Let's get it started. In the name of Jesus, let us pray. Father, please walk with us through the bad times as well as the good. May we be heard and understood from the suburbs to the hood. May you judge us by our hearts and not by our mistakes. And see that we get our breakthrough, however long that it takes. Come on, pray, DMX. May you feel that thought in our souls. We will lay our fears to rest. R.I.P. But there's no way we can live for Jesus when we're living in the flesh. Mm. So I pray that you allow our spirits to be born, grow strong, move on. No, right from wrong. First John chapter 2, verse 15. Do not love the world or anything in the world. We know what that means. But listen, we know the distance we need to be away from fire to keep it missing. But that doesn't mean we'll listen. Lord, you take care of fools and babies. You teach women to honor their men, and men respect their ladies. Uh. So many of us have gone astray, doing wrong for so long that we've forgotten the way. Mm. Please bring us back home. Instill in us the word, which is our backbone. We're just children that act grown. There is so much that we're entitled to, yet we receive so little. Because in this time of spiritual warfare, we're comfortable in the middle. So I pray that you open our eyes. Give us the anointing to recognize the devil and his lies. Mm, mm. If we keep our actions wise, our prayers sincere, our hands to the sky, you will diminish our fears. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Oh yeah, we got a good one today, y'all. We got a good one today. Thank y'all for joining me. Welcome to the Lawrence Front Podcast, best podcast in the world. Y'all know what it is. Let's get it started. Woo! Come on, Farrakhan. I don't want to waste any time. I asked the question, who are the real children of Israel? And I'd like to answer it right away. Like any good lawyer in a courtroom, he tells you what he's going to prove. And then he goes ahead and proves it and let the jury make the decision. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad has said that Almighty God Allah revealed to him that the black people of America are the real children of Israel. And they, we, are the choice of God. And that unto us he will deliver his promise. Fingers of Thanos, como también nosotros perdonamos. A los que nos ofenden, it's all love, all Wimbledon with the pendant. All I have in this world is my flag and my sword. I'm on the battlefield with the flag of my lord. My shahada is my cantata. My heart chakra light up when I make signs that faja. Padre nuestro que estás en el cielo, our heavenly father. Like Vince Staples said, we just waiting in the water. My people out in Flint still bathing in the slaughter. I saw here ripping families apart at the border. Satan struck Palestine with yet another mortar. Lies from the reporters. Ass shots and stripper poles for the eyes of my daughter. Hmm. Swing with old sweet chariot. My train is on schedule, but I had to take the underground yeah. railroad like Harriet. Weave the whole industry. Every jab I parried it. My cross I carried it. My crown of thorns to Calvary from Nazareth. The orbit was too wide to calculate the azimuth. The journey was technically unexplainable hazardous. Rise young gods, all paths lead to Lazarus. The dry bones that lifted up from the bed. Yeah, we doing it today. New J. Cole still bumping it. Wait a minute. Back on top, punching the clock. 
touch of sanity I got more cribs than habitat for humanity Shit profound, we propagating more profanity Paid our collections for recollections of calamity The shit pop off, I learned to duck under the canopy Till it cool off, they murked a nigga right in front of me Told him to come off his chain for trying to floss Died over a cross just like the start of Christianity When I was a boy, they took up Every song is a homicide, my breath of fresh air is from aldehyde Just let the album ride, I'm back in the zone in 2009 New Lord Banks I'm watching you niggas with Malcolm Oz, death from a thousand lines Accurate, don't need a voucher mine This little pouch of crime, sticky pack charging me alkaline Fuck up your mouth design, predator vision, the falcon flying I'm coming out to climb, Hakeem Diesel and y'all combine All of my outfit shine, heavy on rock, subtraction time Clarity crystal clear, that's how I know a bitch in there Been cooling, time to stir the pot Dapper Dan did the kitchen weird. Now listen here, my motherfucking business, I choose to disappear. Ready, don't gotta get prepared. This is my racks and riches. <laughs> Yo, that new blank is crazy. Strapped to the T. The fact that the trap was tapping with me. I spent 2019 putting rappers back on their feet. A stack on a seat. I made from pushing crack on the street. But when I drop, it's gonna feel like LeBron back on the east. And y'all suckers be playing. Inside the whip is butter pecan. Three boxes from Los. We rich again in one of these land. OG with stripes like a bumblebee. I'm humbly saying, I get your family kidnapped by waving one of these hands. Yeah, uh-huh, niggas talk that gangsta shit until it happened Come through shooting backwards, blew through traffic like the Dukes of Hazzard Yeah, all my hoes exclusive with abusive habits And me and Blue don't get no passes to we see you First off, let me be honest, yo, that Lloyd Banks, that's real hip-hop I know some of y'all, you know, y'all too young to understand what those sounds are But that's real hip-hop that's what hip-hop was before it became you know what it is now and it's it's no shot to what we're hearing now but that's real hip-hop put some respect on lloyd banks name he is doing it my man's is doing it so shout out to lloyd banks show one of the best one of the one of the best to ever have done in hip-hop ever anyway welcome to episode 10 of the Lawrence Souffrant podcast. I am Lawrence Souffrant. We got a whole lot to talk about, um, and I'm excited for this episode. We got some gems that we are about to drop, but there's a couple of things that we need to talk about. First off, man, y'all need to chill. I saw uh, an article. I don't know if it's, a, if it's a spoof or not. I'm not sure, but I saw an article where it was talking about uh, black women or black Twitter in general trying to cancel uh, the Cater to You song by Destiny Child. Talking about it was like some slave lyrics. Y'all need to stop. Y'all need to stop. Y'all doing too much. <laughs> All right? Y'all doing too much. There is no reason that, that, that you would consider that song a slave song. If, if it's slavery to have to cater and appreciate your man, then we have a problem. That's real talk. There is no reason for us to ever think that catering to your man, catering to your woman, catering to your partner uh, is considered slavery. It should really be considered an honor. And I, the reality is a lot of people, when they, when they say stuff like that, they're talking from a place of pain. You know, they, they've, they've experienced some abuse. They've experienced some trauma. And so at this point, catering to anybody will appear as slavery. But when you genuinely experience real love, you would never think that, that expressing that love to someone uh, would be considered slavery, especially since the song is not saying, I'm, I, I'm your slave for the rest of your life. That song is saying, today is the day that I, I share or I exemplify my love for you. There's no reason. Look, some of y'all ladies, <laughs> look, don't don't try to cancel me. Some of y'all ladies need to listen to that song and take some notes, figure out what you can do to make your man feel special. I see a whole lot of stuff. What do, what do I get a man who has everything? Uh, you can show how much you honor and value him. 
That that's something you can do. It's never about the money. It's never about the material. It's about the energy that you're bringing. Because if you're with a king, if you're with somebody who loves you, who respects you, who provides, who protects, if you're with somebody who is worthy of catering, then cater to that man. Because what happens is when you cater to that man, that man will then in return continue to, to, to nourish you, continue to protect you, continue to provide for you, continue to give you that security. See, if you've never experienced the pouring of a true king, you'll never understand why that king needs to be poured back into. And so, yeah, don't, don't, if y'all talking about canceling the song, y'all wildin'. Just, just straight up, you guys, you guys are on some other stuff. On another note, uh, there's a guy, Bubba Jenkins. He just won um, his second round in an MMA fight. And and hold on, I, I just want y'all to hear what happened. Thank you, Kenny Florian. Here I am inside the VFL Smart Cage. The winner by decision, Bubba Badman Jenkins, which means you are 2-0 in your PFL career, and you have clinched a playoff spot. It was a grind to get here, but here you are. How you feeling? First, I got to give a shout out and talk to my God first before I even talk to man. Yo, did <laughs> Yo, my man went straight into tongues. My man said, look, look, before I even talk to you, I need to talk to my God <laughs> and, and, and acknowledge him before I acknowledge you. Look, shout outs to that man. That man. <laughs> shout out to that man. My man's just saying, look, I am two and oh, you would have thought he was like, you know, 20 and old, 200 and old, the way that he gave God some praise just right there. Uh, but he's 2 and oh, and he said, Joe, I'm going to speak in tongues. I'm going to talk in the spirit before I even address your question. Because at the end of the day, God gets the glory. <laughs> Look, you're not going to hear no hate from me. I don't know if I would speak in tongues. I'm going to tell you something. A man who got hands and also filled with the Holy Ghost, that's a dangerous man. That's a dangerous man. Y'all need to be careful. Don't mess with that man, Bubba Jenkins. Don't mess with that man. That man is covered. That man is covered, and my man got a swift jab. So listen, <laughs> y'all want to be careful. Don't mess with Bubba Jenkins. Now, there's another brother in Detroit who wish he had hands. Uh, my man, he done. Hold, hold on. I, I'm not even going to tell you. I, I want y'all to hear what happened to this man because it's, it's, it's funny, but it's a sad story. Hold on. A vicious attack at a West Side gas station. Man, thieves target a man because of the gold chain he was wearing. Tonight, he's talking with our Tim Pamplin, who joins us from the scene with the night cam. Tim. It was a typical afternoon here at this West Warren gas station in Detroit near Grand Boulevard. Customers coming in, filling up with gas, buying lottery tickets. It was a favorite spot for our victim, Jamal. Customer walks in, shakes his hand, a couple more customers behind. The guy in the black, pay close attention to him and his buddy right behind. They're looking for some easy pickings and Jamal is their target. I hit the lottery. Jamal won $30,000 on the Michigan Lottery, bought himself a $20,000 necklace. You see, he's wearing it there. He's heard of people getting robbed for their jewelry. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a thing. So I was just like, just looking around, making sure nobody ain't trying to get my chain, but. But they did get his chain. He walks out the store. The suspects were waiting. So. Wait a minute, wait a minute, y'all. <laughs> he said, <laughs> when they talked about them snatching chains, he said, yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> Yo, I was so weak when he said, yeah, it's a thing. My G, listen, man, my G, you won $30,000. You won $30,000. You live in Detroit, Michigan. Shout out to Detroit. <laughs> what it do, though, right? You live in Detroit, Michigan. You win $30,000 in the lottery, right? And you're going to spend 20000 on a chain and then rock that joint at a gas station in Detroit, Michigan, knowing that they out here snatching chains? <laughs> Yo, there's so much that I can go into that I honestly don't have time. I don't want to spend a whole podcast just talking about this. But I will say this. If you're going to win $30,000, don't use two-thirds of your winnings on some jewelry while you're still living in Detroit. No offense to Detroit, but I'm gonna be I'm gonna keep it a thousand with you. Thirty thousand is enough to relocate. You can find another job. Just lay low. First off, you got to spend uh, uh, some of that on taxes anyway, and I know you wasn't prepared for that. I know you probably didn't even think to get that chain insured. 
You should have got some insurance on your chain. So if they snatched it, you could have just got another one with the insurance money. I'm putting y'all onto some game. My man's won 30000 and in his mind, he said, I'm going to cop a chain for twenty. I win 30, I'm going to cop a chain for 20. Come on, come on, guys. What are we doing? Like, like no, ser- seriously. What are we doing? What are we, what are we teaching each other where we think it's okay to win 30000 and spend two-thirds of that on jewelry? 30000 could have been a down payment on a property. Uh, th- 30000 like I said, is enough to relocate. 30000 is a new car, and you get a chain, my G? Come on, man. Don't be don't be flexing for people in Detroit. Don't be flexing for people who don't care about you. Don't be flexing when you know around you there's going to be uh, someone looking to snatch your chain, especially if you don't got hands like Bubba Jenkins. At least at least if you're going to sport a $20,000 chain, have some hands so you could fight. I wish I saw the video. My man started taking off running. Like they kind of creeped up on him at the pump. And it, it's, it's funny, but it's not funny. I really shouldn't be laughing. It's actually sad. I can only imagine the trauma that he went through. I'm glad that he survived to tell the story. But come on, man. What do you expect? What do you really expect at a gas station in Detroit? I'm not even wearing Jordans when I go to Detroit. Listen, I'm wearing rags when I go to Detroit. I ain't got nothing, y'all. I got nothing on me. Hey, hey, dog, I ain't got nothing. See, that's why I like Jersey, because in Jersey, you don't got to get out to pump your gas. In Jersey, you just stay in the car, you pull up to the pump, you talk to the A-Rab like, hey, man, let me get 15, and then, and then he got you. You don't even get out the car. <laughs> if I'm getting out the car, I'm not I'm not, I'm not, not getting gas with 20000 around my neck. I'm just not going to do that. Now, y'all let me know if I'm tripping. Am I, am I wilding? For thinking that it was dumb to rock twenty thousand dollars around your neck, or or is that a, is that what y'all doing now? Like, you know what? Don't even answer that. I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know. Let me also talk about another story that actually broke my heart. Um, it, it's about a six year old. I don't know if y'all heard this story, but hold on. Shot a little boy. He walks free, making bond on Tuesday. It has this family angry and confused. And I'm trying to figure out how he got a bond that was so low for trying to kill my kid. Arnold Daniel trying to figure out why Ryan Lee Wen is out of jail after allegedly shooting his son Kobe. He tried to hit me with a sledgehammer, but that's not going to work because I'm too fast. So then what did he do? Got a gun. Boom. Shot me right here. It's all on video Saturday afternoon on Candlewood Lane. You'll see kids playing, hear a gunshot, then Kobe realizes he's hit. Lee Wen allegedly fired through his front window. The bullet went in Kobe's arm and out the other side. Man, that joint is really disturbing to even hear, man, that some guy would shoot a six-year-old. And according to the story, because the six-year-old left his bike on his yard, this Asian man, he was a coward. I'm calling this man a coward. He was in his house. He shot through his window, and it shot the little boy in the arm. I praise God that it hit him in the arm. I wish he never got shot at all, but, man, that could have been the end of that little boy's life, all because he left his bike on a random yard. And what's crazy is that man was able to make bail the next day. The reason why this is important is because so many black people, he was an Asian man who shot the, the, the little boy. So many black people, they, they go in jail for less and can't make bail. There's a problem in this system. The system is clearly against black people, and anyone who targets black people is considered a hero instead of a villain. There's no reason, number one, that that six-year-old boy should have been shot, period. There's no reason for, for his life to be in danger, and there's no reason why this Asian man should be free. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter that the man was Asian. I'm only saying that it was Asian because the truth is if it was a black man who shot that boy, he would not be able to make bail the next day. And so once again, this is another story that we can really unpack, you know, about how how black Americans are treated, uh, about how black America is not even really prepared to fight against such an injustice system. It's not a justice system. It's an injustice system. The fact that we couldn't even make bail if we got arrested uh, for, for a crime less than this. But what's even crazier is that the father is calling trying to figure out how this man made bail so quickly. When the father really needs to be focused on protecting his son. 
And I'm going to be careful with my words because I know this is a public platform. But men, it is our responsibility to protect our children and our women and ourselves at all costs. We need to know where the threats are and we need to do whatever it takes to protect our children, our women, and ourselves. This is part of the reason why I am doing a course on restoring masculinity because there's so many brothers out here, so many black brothers in particular, but men in general who have who are afraid to stand up and protect their community. They're, they're afraid to stand up and protect their children. They're more afraid of what the system will do to them rather than the, what the world might potentially do to their family. And it's time for us as black men, as men in general, but black men specifically, it's time for us to regain that warrior spirit in us that says no one will put our family in jeopardy. No one will threaten the lives of our children and our women and get away with it. I want to be abundantly clear. I am not advocating for any premeditated violence or any premeditated murder. That is not what I'm saying. What I am saying is as a man, you have the responsibility to protect your children and your women and yourselves. You should not ever expect a system who never valued you as human to protect us. It is, it, to some degree, is foolish, is idiotic to think that a system who never cared about black people would all of a sudden go out of his way to protect black people. The reality is that is a weight that this father has to bear. It is a weight that all fathers have to bear in regards to protecting our children, our women, and ourselves. And a lot of us, we have to go back to the gym. We have to train our hands. We have to go, and if, if you're not a felon, get, get licensed to carry. Uh, uh, have something in the house to protect yourself, to protect your lady, to protect your children, because the police, they not it. They've proven to not be it. The police system, they're not the ones that we could depend on. The church, no, they're just going to tell you to pray, not to protect. We have to do what we have to do. And, and this course, hopefully, will encourage us, will ignite a flame in men, in black men, to, to, to remind ourselves what it means to protect our community, to protect our children and our women. And so the course um, is, is still available. You go to www.lawrencefront.com. It's going to be a live course where I'll be meeting with brothers for four weeks, eight, eight lessons, eight sessions, Saturday and Sunday, starting, uh, I believe, July 10th at 4 p.m. Uh, sign up as soon as possible. There is financing available, but it's our responsibility to protect our own. We can't look to outsiders to protect our community. It is time for us to stand up and protect our community. And now on to the conversation. I got my boy Mark back. My boy Mark, uh, intelligent brother. Um, we, we went to high school together. He is a brilliant man. Uh, we had an interesting conversation about Islam. Um, he shared some things that I thought were very unique, especially when it comes to the black Muslims, those who are part of the nation of Islam specifically. And I thought it would be interesting to share with you guys. So check it out. One of the things that I like about Islam, at least you know from the outside looking in, is the level of brotherhood that exists within Islam. It does not exist within Christianity because those who have joined Christianity, they did not join it, at least the black Christians, they didn't join it by choice. They, they had to. It was by force. You know, imperialism taking over the globe, forcing mm -hmm. these nations to accept a Christianity that's not built on the Messiah. And so these people, it by the nature of their conversion, that same spirit is passed down, you know, from generation to generation. And so people practice Christianity from a perspective of fear, not a perspective of faith. Mm. Um, wow. When I look at and I'm not I'm not going to, you know, make Islam sound innocent. Islam had its conquering as well, you know, within the African countries and what have you. So I'm not going to make it sound you know, like it's completely innocent. But what I can say is when Muslims come together, from what I've seen, it's completely different. I'm, of course, like any other family that's fighting. So I'm not going to be mm -hmm. like, there's no fighting. But I've been to mosques where, you know, they receive me as a brother. You know what I mean? By the mere fact um, that, you know, I have a certain spirit about me, certain energy right. about me. But they don't know me, but they receive me as a brother. I've seen two strangers come. I remember I was at, at, a, at a beauty supply store and I had my kufi on. And a brother okay. greeted me, you know what I mean? Assalamu alaikum. Like, well, I'm a lake of salam. And we dapped each other and we embraced. And this was in the midst of COVID. 
You know what I okay, mean? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like everybody's separate, but this understanding, like we're brothers here. There's there's nothing like it, and you don't see that really in Christianity. Right. It's interesting you bring that up too. Uh, a few years ago, well, more than a few years now, back in 2013, I was trying to negotiate a contract to teach English in Kuwait. Mm-hmm. And um, because I speak Arabic as well. And so th- they were t- asking me on the phone, you know, so when you try to study Islam, you know, w- what are some books that you go to to try to learn more? And I said, oh, I know where this is going. So I, I, I held my own. I said, I study the Quran. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, you know, uh, but, you know, if you want to go a little further, I said, well, what book is above the Quran? Well, you mm-hmm. know, I, I just want to know what, what philosophy you study. I said, I study the philosophy that's in the Quran. They said, well, I just want to know what type of Muslim are you? Are you a Sunni, Shia? I said, I'm the Muslim that Prophet Muhammad was. <laughs> and so they said, well, finally, well, yeah, we're just trying to figure out because, you know, a lot of political affiliations, people come here. And I said, no, I'm an American Muslim. We don't have those sectarian differences here in America. But it's interesting you say that because here in America, the biggest separation that we have in Islam is, you know, the Nation of Islam, um, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, and to Minister Farrakhan, but then in 1975, when the nation fell upon the departure of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, another group was started by his son, Imam Wadifuddin Muhammad, which was the World Community of Al-Islam. And that is where the division kind of exists here within the faith here in America. But you ain't going to have nobody from the World Community of Al-Islam talking about something. I'm going over to that nation of Islam mosque and we're going to blow them up and kill them because they're disbelievers. Same thing not going to have nation of Islam. I'm going over to that World Community of Al-Islam and show them what the real Islam is. So we don't have that problem. I, I think I shared this with you once before. I think the reason why Islam is so successful here in black America is because many of us came from the Christian church mm-hmm. and it is our relationship with Jesus that allows us to be more successful in Islam than those in the East. And I know some people may say, well, you know, well, that's the Mecca is the home of Islam. Is it? Is mm-hmm. it? You go over there. And they have problems. I mean, I'm not going to really um, get this, get right. your podcast on a political thing, but they have problems over there that are horrendous. Yep. And you're going to tell me that I should be following you? And what mm. you're doing, no, you need to come over here and listen to us mm. because it seems like we have something for you. And so that's the thing, you know, here in America, we have the relationship with Jesus. And in fact, we are expecting the return of Jesus. And so I shared this with you before, but I, I wasn't always a Muslim. I grew up in the church and I was a devout Christian in the sense that I loved reading the Bible. My father was a Moorish American back in the day, but he you know, got into reading the Bible and we started going to a church and he was a deacon there. And so I became the junior deacon in the church. It was over there in Irvington off of Chancellor Avenue. Mm-hmm. And uh, I became a junior deacon there and I really loved, 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 loved studying the Bible. But I realized that in Sunday school, a lot of the questions that I had weren't getting answered. They would kind of circumvent what I would be talking about. For instance, I would say things like, well, if there's Adam and Eve, and then they have the two children, Cain and Abel, and then Cain kills Abel because he's jealous of the offering that God accepted. Why did Cain have to leave and then go find a wife in the land of Nod? And why did they say anybody that saw him would kill him if they were just Adam, Eve, and Cain? And so it came, well, you got to believe there, Mark. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm trying to think my way through this. And so then things like, um, well, if you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're not going to be among the chosen people. And I said, well, does that mean Abraham is not among the chosen? And so, oh, well, that's a different time period. But, you know, Abraham knew Jesus. I said, well, show me that in the Bible. And so I'm like a young kid, you know, asking this. So eventually my father, they told my father, um, yeah, he can't come to Sunday school because other kids are kind of like, you know, oh, you know, so it's wow. like, you know, like yeah, Mark, you know, can't come to Sunday school until, you know, you get corrected. So my dad was like, you know, heck no, nah. So. We stopped going to that church. But I say all that to say my, my love for Jesus kind of trickles into Islam. So it's almost like, you know, being overweight and you have a nice suit that you wear when you're overweight, but then you lose the weight. But you really like the suit. So you just get it tailored, you know, to the new body. So that's kind of what happened with Islam. I just tailored that faith into Islam. But it's not just me. It's a lot of brothers and sisters who have, you know, come out of Christianity into Islam. And I, I will say like what you were saying about the violence that exists, the way that we came into Islam here in America wasn't through the conquering. It was exactly. through Master Farad Muhammad coming to Detroit, to the hood. I mean, yep. a place called Black Bottom Detroit and coming over and telling people, like, hey, you know, I'm your brother from the East and you have brothers and sisters in the East and you don't know this because you don't know who you are. And so people are listening to it. 
And that's how we got involved into it rather right. than, you know, a lot of Islam that was spread throughout Africa, you know, with the sword. So, yeah, no. You're, and that's exactly my point. It's there's something about choosing, you know, that free will, because even those who are of the Christian faith, you'll see a difference between those who converted to Christianity versus those who were forced into it. They right. they treat it differently, you know, because when you are when you're in darkness and you find light, whether it comes from Christianity or whether it comes from Islam, um, you know, um, of all of its sorts or whether it comes from education in college or whether, you know, it comes from whatever, a fraternity or sorority, um, even even a gang. You know, I don't mm -hmm. demonize gang culture because I know that it protected me in a lot of ways that the church couldn't have. Um <laughs> Wherever you find that light, when you're truly in darkness, there's a respect that you have for the light. And the light cannot be limited to the categories that we create. We can only use those categories to explain a light that is greater than us, you know, if we really understand what and who the light is. You know what I mean? And um, I try to, I, you know, I share that with those who follow me, those who call me pastor. You know, we talk about that all the time. I even, I was just talking to one of my, one of my, friends today one of my brothers actually and i was i i told him how one of the teachers that i give those who follow me i asked them to give the gospel without using the name jesus and without quoting a verse mm. can you express the gospel without the religious terms because when when jesus was walking he said the kingdom is like this mustard seed the kingdom mm. is like and he was using the the examples of the time to share the good news that that has not changed even in in so-called 2021 we should right. be able to use what we see and still express that good news so i can i can talk to someone in the bar and say hey let me tell you about yourself without having to ever quote a bible or without ever having to use jesus i'll i'll lead them there if the spirit deems it necessary but the 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 light is not trapped in any of these there things it surpasses that it is funny you say that too that that's that used to be like one of the things i used to get a kick out of i kind of still do uh, when I'm rapping with like an older black church mother, mm. yeah, because like I said, I came out of the, well, I can't really say came out of church, but my, my orientation to God started in the church, and so they'll be dropping scriptures on me, and I'll drop another one on them in the Bible, they'll drop another scripture on me, I'll drop another one on them. So, you know, naturally, being in the nation, I, I mean, I'm wearing a fez now, but generally, you can't, you have to really kind of know what to look for to be able to mm. detect somebody in the nation because we're not always wearing like kufi or a gown or anything like that. And so they hit me with, well, where do you worship? And I'll say, Muhammad Mosque of Islam. And then, Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> funny, man. But that just goes to show the power, you know, of the light. A lot of people look at me like I'm a unicorn of some sorts. And I try to explain, <laughs> you know, I try to explain God has his people everywhere. That's right. And when Jesus says there are sheep who are not of this fold, he was speaking to the disciples saying there are sheep who are not of this fold, the 12 yeah. of you. There's other sheep outside of this 12 that are mine. They're mine still, even That's if right. they come from different perspectives. They're, they're all mine, and I'm a firm believer of that. So I rap with brothers like you. I rap with other brothers, and I always try to come in the spirit of brotherhood because at the end of the day, what all we have is our connection to the Most High and That's our all. fellowship with one another. You know, that's it. There's nothing else. There's really yeah, nothing no, no, else. that's it. That's it. Like even like what I was saying before, the declaration of faith, la ilaha illallah. You know, we could say that means there is no God but Allah. Like, okay, but you can also translate that to mean that there is none but God. You know, mm. everything else is an illusion except God, the sure reality. Yeah, and absolutely, absolutely. And you know, it's interesting, you know, the Quran says that nearest in belief to the Muslim is the Christian, because when the Christian hears the message of Islam. The Christian is able to identify this is the message from our Lord. And they said the forest in belief from the Muslim is the pagan and the Jew, particularly because the Jewish person believes they are the chosen person. And this is a secluded society and we are protected and you all are not included in us. Hmm. So that's not really what Islam is. This is not a dig on anybody who's Jewish, but generally that's the principle that they are isolated community. This isn't like a place where they're trying to convert people. And the same thing with the pagan at the time of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. The pagans were 
heavily invested in controlling the economy of Mecca. And so if you're conflating economy with religion to the point where the economy takes precedence over the belief system, that's getting far away from Islam. So you, you know, I'm sure you're aware of this in the Christianity of the cross. You know, there's the vertical staff and then there's the horizontal staff. But the vertical staff is over the horizontal to show you that the spirit takes precedence over the physical. All That's the right. creatures on the earth are on the horizontal level, the animals. The human being is on a living perpendicular. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's, it's interesting to see, the, like I say, especially here in America, that I honestly believe that America is going to be the future home of America, uh, future home of Islam, because there is the idea of religion here. Whereas, you know, like Europe, people don't really pray like that, you know, talking about God and things of that nature. But here in America, I even read like some churches before everything locked down allowed Muslims to pray there because they felt safe to do so. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I feel like, you know, if we can kind of overcome the uh, false propaganda that's out there, the Muslim can gain a profound respect for the Christian, the Christian can gain a profound respect for the Muslim. And then we can actually bring about the kingdom of God here in America by taking on a Christ-like identity. Now, I know I that's like very lofty, but you know, that's, hey, that's the goal. <laughs> listen, those who have an ear to hear, may they hear, you know? Um, but I agree with you. I, I completely agree with you. I think if we would respect the differences and respect, you know, what is harmonious between both groups, recognizing that no one is, is a monolith. Like we can have mm -hmm. a group of Muslims and they know where their lines are, but then there's places that are different. We just respect those differences. Same thing with a group of, you know, Christians. We know where our lines are. If we, hopefully, we know where our lines are, but we could respect each other's differences, recognizing that those lines are just illusions anyway, right? And That's so, fair. if we could respect that, um, then we could have that brotherhood. Because at the end of the day, where we're all believing in the the Most High, the One True the one true God and that there is no God, but you know, the most high mm -hmm. um, it's, it's the same thing that's professed in the, in the scriptures since forever. It's the same thing that our African brothers even believe, but it got distorted as time went on that there mm -hmm. is, but one God that that's just a profession of, of faith and a profession of fact that if it's, if it's divine is God, you know, what does that mean? How does mm -hmm. that look? That's where we begin to argue. But, the fact that there is but one, there's there's really no dispute there. I think when we can focus on that and join each other in brotherhood and maintain that respect for just life that we should have for one another. Because a disagreement doesn't mean that your life is no longer valuable or that right. your life right. is disposable, right? Like, that's insanity. Like, where did yeah, this come yeah. from? <laughs> <laughs> you know, even in the animal kingdom, they have more, more respect for each other than that to say, Oh, because you're not a lion, I'm just going to kill you. Lions only kill when they're hungry. When they're not hungry, you can pet them and it's fine, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so we should be more civil than that, I would think, right? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the one of the reasons why Islam in the East, like I said, I didn't really want to politicize your show. But I mean, to kill people, innocent people, to achieve a political goal, yeah. that's not Islam. Right. And now you are creating tension in consternation with people that, oh, here come the Muslims, oh, you better be careful. And so now you have these uh, groups that are at odds with one another. And so I heard Minister Farrakhan say in a lecture when he was over in the East, I think he was in Iraq, actually, right before um, Saddam got toppled uh, the first time in the, um, in the Gulf War. Mm -hmm. He said that uh, it is not America that is your enemy, it is you who are the enemy because it is you who have deviated from the path of Prophet Muhammad. He said, if you get back on the path of Prophet Muhammad, you don't even have to worry about no daggone terrorism and all that stuff mm. because now you are protected because you're looking out for one another. That's deep because it's a similar message that the Christian prophets are speaking in this land. You know, when when they would go amongst the churches, they would, well, and I'm speaking specifically about the black churches. I really don't know what goes on in the white churches, but in the black, in the, the black church, shops, you know? right? Yeah. I don't, I don't know what they talk about, <laughs> but in the black churches, you hear a lot of that. You know, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, mm -hmm. you know, that's the text that they go to when we're in chaos. They say, we as a people have to turn back to the most high 
and that the Lord will heal us, will heal our land, and all of that stuff. You know, it's it's a text in in, in Second uh, Chronicles, I believe, chapter seven, verse fourteen. But it's like the black mantra. Anytime disarray and conflict and chaos hits, it's guys, let's humble ourselves and go back. Let's focus on the Most High. And you know, long long gone the days where you can call a community fast at whim. You know, I'm mm-hmm. o- I'm old enough to remember those days when things would get crazy and in the church we would say it's time to fast. You know, we're we're going to fast now. We're going to fast until this or you know someone was in danger, you know, the community would come together and we'll fast and utilize that power, you know, for the sake of the greater good. Seems like we're moving just further from that, man. Yeah, and that's why, you know, in Islam, and I'm sure it's in Christianity too. Actually, I know it is because in the Ten Commandments, the most egregious, unforgivable sin that you can commit is polytheism, Mm -hmm. meaning to take on a God besides God. It's like you said, that one, to think that that one is divisible between, you know, you hear people, you know, this is a secular matter and this is a religious matter. Fool, God is not no daggone religious or secular matter, God is reality. Yes. So, um, you know, it's interesting, you know, every year with the political season, I mean, it really just gets on my nerves with the with the presidents and, you know, get out there and vote, you know, they had the banner up, oh, save us. Man, I mean, that's so disrespectful because it is God who has given us all the provisions for life, and here we are putting our stake into a political candidate who, as soon as they get into the office, are going to do a 180 and say, right. I said that? Oh, okay, so... Nope. It's like, so then you are four years again, you go forward and get so it's like, yo, bro, what are we doing? How is it that we're going to fall for this trap of polytheism? And that's like, you said the scripture there in Second Chronicles. That's actually what Minister Farrakhan is drilling in us right now, mm. because it says to seek after God's face. Yes. And that's not what we're doing. We're seeking in a stimulus check. We're mm. seeking in a executive branch. We're seeking in an experimental treatment. But that's mm. not what God says to do. God says to seek after me and humble yourself. And that word humble, you know, means, you know, dirt to, you know, yeah. get back down to the root of things. Yep. And But people were just so haughty, just so haughty. We, we don't want to be correct. Even now, um, I know we're not talking about this, but with the, the man in the shoes, you know, and the, and the sliding down the pole with the devil and all that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people now are coming to that defense. And it's like, fam, really? Yeah. Come on, man, you know? What yeah. are we doing? Like, and people don't read their Bible anymore, too. I mean, people barely read as it is. Yeah. But you know, you ask them about the Bible, they're not reading that because they're not even reading the Quran. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you bring you bring a, a point, you bring up a good point, and um, we'll probably have to do a breakdown of that soon before yeah. it becomes old news. But that's something that we do need to talk about because I've been seeing people's justification, and it's like they're taking the element and for those hopefully my listeners have an ear to hear to know what we're talking about uh, but <laughs> uh for those it's like they're taking aspects and justifying aspects without looking at the whole you know and you know it's like it's just like if you're eating a piece of meat and you find a piece of cancer on one part of the meat you can't just cut that cancer off and eat the rest of the meat that meat is sick you're supposed to throw the whole meat away and get Thank one you. a piece that's not sick. And so, you know, there might be some good elements here or there, but we want to be careful because that's one of the things that are just blatant. Most of the time it's really hidden. You got to be cutting. Yeah. This is blatant and it's being justified. It just, you know, um, it, it says in the scriptures, um, in the, in the Bible, it talks about how in the last days they're going to call the good bad and the bad good. And so mm-hmm. it's just, more more fulfillment of the reality that we're living in that time of prophecy. Indeed, brother, indeed. I found out something recently about the 144,000, that those who are among the 144,000, uh, I think we kind of talked about this on the show too last time, um, those who are so on the 144,000, not say those of us, but those who are among the 144,000 are those who are genetically coded to hear the message. So even mm-hmm. if it's not us in our generation, our children or the people who we touch, who hear it, they are genetically coded to hear the message. And I thought that was deep. Because mm-hmm. in the Quran, it says that by the time, man is in loss. And I said, what does that mean when you have that preposition by? So you can say, I'm sitting by this person, or I need to have my work done by this time. Mm-hmm. So when you're saying by the time, not this time, but by the time, I'm like, what time is that? 
And so you have a minute or you have part of me and within a day, you have 1,440 minutes. And then God is talking about 144,000. I think it's somewhere in the book of Luke. Ooh, I forget which one, which verse, but it talks about how there is one sheep out of the hundred that mm-hmm. got astray. So 1,440 is one hundredth of 144,000. And so that mm-hmm. sheep that got away, you know, could be us here in America and those of us here in America. And I'm, I'm counting in the Caribbean. I'm counting in South mm-hmm. America. I'm counting in North America. People think we think America is just here. No, America is this vast landmass. They split up mm-hmm. between North, South and Central America and the Caribbean. <clears throat> but there are those who hear the message and go, yeah, yeah, yeah wait a second. <laughs> and there are also those who hear it and go, yeah, I mean, that's good for now. But, you know, I'm, you know, it ain't around the believers. You know, I'm going to be doing my thing. So there are some, you know, as I said, like people are genetically coded to hear. Now, again, going right back to the fasting, the fasting is designed to clear up your DNA as well, to put you back in touch with your true self. That's mm-hmm. actually the mantra in the Nation of Islam, to accept your own and be yourself. And in fact, um, Master Farad Muhammad in our lessons, the Supreme Wisdom lessons, the question is asked, how many Muslims are there in North America? And at the time, there were only... Um, 17 million black people in North America. And he said all 17 million with the 2 million Native Americans, all of them are. They just mm-hmm. don't know it. So that's what I'm saying. Some are genetically coded to respond to it. So mm-hmm. so I was listening to some speeches from Malcolm X. It was interesting because I never realized how Muslim he was. <laughs> what, I, what I mean by that was, when you know, you would always hear him say, everything I've said has come the, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches. Yep, yep. I think people really underestimated how much he taught of what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught. You know, and it was through his speech that the first time that I heard that he said, um, when they asked, "How do you interact with the black people who aren't Muslim?" Mm-hmm. and he said, "They are Muslim. They just yep. don't know it yet." That's you right. know, my first time ever hearing. Malcolm X say that, you know, that he was really about that life in that Islam meaning, you know, just submitting to God. And so with that tenet, with, with Islam being about submitting to God and that being, no, I'm sorry, m- being a Muslim is about submitting to God. It opens the door as to Islam being a larger umbrella. So I guess my question to you, because it's a question that, that I've been having as I've been kind of meditating on what Malcolm X has been saying and just how Islam works overall. Do do the Islams in North America, the Black Islamic movement as you know it, do they do they subscribe that you have to follow the so-called five tenets of Islam to be a Muslim? Or is it as simple as what Malcolm X said, in that if you submit to the to the most high, if you submit to the one God, then you are indeed a Muslim. Yes, I, I hope, mean okay. I hope my question was clear. You know, definitely, definitely. So um, even what we're talking about, fasting is one of the five principles of Islam. And so if you think about it, prayer, is prayer really just rolling out your rug, you know, and praying? I mean, you know, your heartbeat is a prayer, you know, to God. Your heart makes a sound, you know, whether or not, you know, you are in tune with it, it's still making a sound. Your body actually is making a sound. That's what I'm saying. Is prayer really just rolling out your rug? Um, the first, So the first pillar is the belief in one God. So if you believe in one God, that's the first pillar. So you already crossed over that threshold. Then after that, it's the prayer. And so that's what I'm saying. It's prayer rolling out the mat and making salat all the time. What about times when you can't do that? So, you know, that, that you're also praying. And then you also have the uh, charity, you know, giving. Mm-hmm. And so who's more charitable than black people here in America? We've given so much to the world. <laughs> so we're practicing charity. Then there's the fasting. And so the fasting, like I said, there's the physical not eating, you know, but then you can also fast from this world of Satan. You can also fast, you know, create different boundaries in life because, you know, we live in this world, you know, where, you know, I want to be free. I'm free AF. How the hell can you, how can you be free if you don't have a boundary to be free? That's why you always get skeptical of people. They talk about I'm free and never identify what they're free from or free to do. Because they're just mm. talking madness at that point. I'm, I'm just mm. eternally free. No, the earth isn't even eternally free. The sun isn't even eternally free. You know, they, there are certain, you know, prescriptions that they are following. Mm. And so getting back to what we're talking about, right, so then the Hodge principle as well. 
So right now they have said over there in Mecca that if you don't take the, you can't, mm -hmm. you know, come on to the Hajj. Mm -hmm. Well, that right there sounds like polytheism to me. Mm -hmm. And so is the real Hajj taking a trip across the sea to Mecca? But if God is everywhere, wouldn't the real Hajj is being returning back to God? So, you know, to answer your question, do you have to practice all five pillars? I don't know that the five pillars are inescapable if you actually align yourself with the principle of Islam. And Islam, let's not get caught up in the word. The Islam pretty much is similar to the Tao in the Tao's philosophy, the way, which is no way. And if you can describe the way, that is not the real way. That's Islam. Mm -hmm. You can also describe it as ma'at, the ancient mm -hmm. comedic principle of balance, mm -hmm. harmonic, uh, divine harmony within the universe. That's also Islam. So, I mean... Mm -hmm. You know, that's just the label. In fact, the word Islam itself is a relatively new word in the Arabic lexicon. So it's just a word that is used to describe this phenomenon. Even in the Quran, it says that on this day, I forget the verse, I think it's in Surah 2, chapter 2, where it says, this day I have perfected for your religion, perfected religion for you, Islam as a religion. It doesn't say Islam is the religion. It says Islam as a religion. And so it kind of goes back to the breakdown. People say, well, I'm just spiritual. I'm not religious. Well, I'm religious. I'm not really, you know, spiritual. Again, you're playing, playing with these words, don't really understand what you're talking about mm -hmm. because their religion reminds you of what you do naturally, which is the spirituality. And so if you're naturally spiritual and you forget your way, then you go back to the religion. So, <laughs> and I would oh. say the same thing. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, I, I've always seen it as such. Um, you know, I call myself a Christian because it's an easy identifier that I follow the Messiah, you know. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but that's literally where it stops. <laughs> In that, you know, I might I might do I not might, I do things that's very unorthodox from other so-called Christians. Um, and so people need to be careful to not I guess put me in that branch, but I know other people who've walked away from Christianity because of that issue, but now they're trying to find terms to identify who they are and what they are. I've always, if someone asked me for what I would call myself, I always say I'm a child of the most high. I'm a, I'm a follower of the most high. I, that is literally who I am and what I am. And so with that, I commune with others who are connected to the most high. Whether they identify as Muslim, Christian, Buddhist, Tao, you know, you know how people like to make fun of hoteps. They call them hoteps, so that word just means peace, if I if I remember correctly. Yes, sir. Uh, so, you know, but I identify with them. I identify with those who claim to be Hebrews. You know, because in all of these folds, if you will, there are the children of God there, and those who are of that same spirit, I'm able to connect with. Because that light recognizes itself. You know, uh, one person says it this way. All relationships are reflective, you know. So oh, yeah. those 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 that you're in relationship with, you're in relationship with them because they remind you of yourself. Um, and another way is that you're, rela you're in relationship with them because they are you in some degree, in some capacity. And so I connect with all those who are not looking to maintain um, a standard for the sake of of presentation, but mm -hmm. more um, they're looking to reflect a transformation that can only happen through communion with the Most High. You know what I mean? Those are the ones yes, who sir. I connect with, regardless of what they call themselves. Yes, sir. No, I'm, I'm with it. I'm with it. I, like I said, even though I, you know, again, like you're saying, the convenient title, I describe myself as a Muslim, one who is striving to submit their will to do the will of God. And whether I want to do it or not, you know, like I said, eventually you do bow to God. So you either when they say back in the day, get down to lay down, you know, so yeah, it's like yeah. I'm choosing to get down with God. But, you know, at the same time, I study other stuff. I'm going to show you. Uh, also, you know, read the Bhagavad Gita uh, mm. also, because I recognize that there's a message of God there. And it's interesting in those scriptures in the East that there is no talk of Armageddon, whereas the scriptures that come out of the Abrahamic faith, and again, like I said, kind of taken by us here in America, there is the mention of Armageddon. So I think that's something to focus on, too. Why is their vision of existence eternal? Is it because maybe they haven't gotten caught up in the same snares that those of us whose karma has led to where we are now? Mm -hmm. Who knows? But as I'm saying, it's, it's all 
it's all connected. You know, the righteousness that that's what you know we're getting at. The righteous principle to return us back to our divine self. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Adam, Adam, all everyone died in Adam, and that word Adam actually we, we get the word like damu or dama from from blood. So everybody died in Adam, but in Christ, everyone has eternal life. Yes. And so we, we, you know, we sleep on that. But Jesus is the prototype for the beings who will occupy the new world. You know, and real, really quick, if I can say, you know, with all the stuff that's going on right now, and, you know, your listeners may be able to quote me on this, but Du Bois said, W.B. Du Bois said that the problem of the 20th century would be the problem of the color line. And so we have this, you know, he's reviewed as this prophet because we see the civil rights, black people fighting for rights in America, yada, yada, yada. The problem I'm saying of the 21st century is going to be who has the right to create homo novus? Homo, mm. Latin for man or person, human, and then novus meaning new. So Jesus says to put on the new man, but at the same time as well, like we were talking about the young man who was sliding down the pole to Satan, he considers himself a new man. And there are others who are reinventing the new man. And mm. so are we going to take on the new man or new woman that Jesus wants us to be or the new man or new woman that this world wants us to be? We already know how it ends. So yeah, yeah. No, that's, <laughs> that's good. No, that's good. That's good, bro. Because, you know, um, Jesus being the second Adam is a concept that a lot of people miss. Because even my understanding of Jesus, like, while I do believe he walked this earth in X, Y, Z, I understand that he represents, like you said, the prototype, meaning when God is manifest in us, we are like him, who is That's the right. one we call Jesus. And so we have to be open to the reality that God not only dwells in us, because many are comfortable with God dwelling in us, but can God manifest himself through us Hello. in which we are now transcending um, what, what is known in the world because the world is trapped in a lower vibration. A miracle is merely a higher thought manifesting in a lower place. At least that's what mm -hmm. I call a miracle. And so when you understand dimensions for what they are, and for my listeners, I hope y'all really like tuned in because we there now, right? But <laughs> <laughs> when you understand dimensions for what they are, all, all Jesus really did, and it wasn't just Jesus. Let me let my listeners know. There were other people doing this as well. But all they would do is take a reality that existed higher and manifest it lower. You know what I mean? So the healing when they're sick, sickness is a lower vibration. Is it real? Yes, but it's a lower vibration. To get well is to vibrate higher than that sickness. A case in point, when I was studying pharmacy, let me break this down to you, brother. Come on, we, come it's on. good to That's me right. now. <laughs> when That's I was studying right. pharmacy, I had a professor who was woke. He he was woke by like the definition, but he was wise. He was woke and wise. He didn't put his wokeness, you know, out there where it would be overbearing. But okay. he had us, he taught us about this inventor who created something that was called the zapper. Now, the science behind the zapper was that it would release an electrical current in you that you can survive, but the pathogens could not handle. Um, when it was plugged in, it had like a stunning event, but when they made it battery operated him and his son they made it battery operated and something about the lithium and the zinc caused it to have permanent effects on every pathogen including the hiv virus mm -hmm. so what they understood was at the rate that we can vibrate these lower beings could not vibrate at that same rate so when you're talking about wellness health our job is to vibrate at a rate so high that nothing that vibrates lower can even stand to survive in that type of energy. And so this is why stress kills. This is why um, obesity kills. Because the more weight that you carry, the slower you vibrate. Like this mm -hmm. stuff gets really deep when you take it outside of, I guess, the abstract and make it really, really practical. That's right. That's right. I actually own one of those uh, zappers. I think uh, really? David Hudson. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was David Hudson. I know George Richel out of South Africa sells them. But um, I actually had a health scare back in 2018. And although I was taking protomorphogens under the uh, guidance of my doctor, I was able to beat it. But I was also using that zapper, too, at the same time. 
Yeah, so it makes that. sense. And, and this is funny, too. People think that um, the first time electricity was used was like Benjamin Franklin and the mm -hmm. key or uh, mm -hmm. what's the other guy, the other white guy, uh, uh, Edison. Mm -hmm. You know, But no, the very first people to experiment with electricity were the doctors. Mm. And they would submit the human body to the electricity to see if it had a medical uh, mm -hmm. component to it as well. Mm. And so, you know, right now, people are before people are talking about that uh, 5G stuff and whatnot. I still think, you know, there is some um, merit to that idea. I, I don't want to get there. We've got to break that down on another show, too. Mm. But I still think there is some merit to that because it's invisible. So he's, oh, man, that ain't nothing. You know, that, that's invisible. You know what I mean? But, you know, we only see 2% of the light spectrum. From what I understand, if you could actually see the matrix of the Wi-Fi, it would mm. drive you insane. Absolutely. You know, there there Absolutely. are the animals that see it, but you know, we, we don't see it, so we think it's not real. So we mm. conflate the unseen with the unreal. So that's the problem. You want it, brother. That is a problem. You know, that's the the ether, the matrix, you know. You you mentioned electricity. So since you mentioned I'll go here, you talked about the doctors kind of going over you. That's part of what we see in the Egyptian hieroglyphs because the unk is really an electrical wand. When you break the unk down, you can see the ohm symbol. There's a mm. book that I read that talked about um, electricity and and the Egyptian realm. It even put me on the game. Watch this. I think you'll appreciate this. It talked about the Ark of the Covenant okay. um, pretty much being a big battery because it was covered in, in wow, okay. the wood, covered in the gold, and so they put it in the high mountains because that's where the electrical charge was. This is why if anyone touched it, they would die. And the priests had to use rods and special things because they knew not to touch it directly. The rods mm -hmm. would decharge the covenant before they would actually access it. And so there's like a whole science around, around how they used electrical current back then. Mm -hmm. um, and then we can go into the pyramids and stuff like that. We may not even have to go into all of that. But the point is you're absolutely correct that we've been wielding electrical power for centuries. It is... The way that that you know, you know, in order to be a people, you need to have a history. So oh, all we're seeing is is the white people creating their history so that they can try to be a people. That's what we're watching when they reference Benjamin Franklin, who was initiated. He knew some stuff. Oh, yeah, you definitely. know what I mean? <laughs> so it's it's you know, we're just seeing more of that. Yeah, well, no, for sure, for sure. You know, it's so interesting. Um, like what you're talking about with the electricity. That we, you know, we hear people today talking about, you know, the I believe or what is it? I trust science or I trust the science. I actually made a video about this on Instagram. I mean, it's crazy to say something like I trust the science mm. because the science, what we were talking about before, like Islam is the submission of the everything in the universe to God. The Tao is the science. Ma'at, uh, Hotep is the science. Mm. They're not talking about that. Mainly when people are talking today, when they say I trust the science they're dealing with biochemistry. Yeah. And even then, if you ask them some questions, they can only get, you know, just they're just a, just a few feet down the road on that. Yeah. But you know, there's a whole nother component to our bodies, which is like you said, electricity. Uh you, you mentioned your Shifu uh earlier. There's a brother I used to study uh Tai Chi with um a professor at the college where I work at, and uh this man did a chi demonstration, a brother, and like he literally just kind of just like flicked his wrist. And I went flying, you know? Wow. <laughs> so I was like, what is that? He was like, that's the life force energy. So it's like, mm. we don't realize what we're capable of. And that's where the fasting kind of gets us to say, hey, I don't need to be, you know, feeding all day like a daggone pig. And that's what that's what we're experiencing right now, Pastor Sofran. We're in a period right now, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad calls the lull before the storm. And if you know the farm animals, when there's a storm getting ready to come, they go seek sanctuary in the barn. But the animals that are out there still eating is that swine just out there feeding, feeding on the wow. filth. And that's what we have now with people, just feeding, feeding, feeding on the filth. And so this is where we are. So they, they can't see it. And a lot of people, you know, I'm, they're talking about they're going to take the because they want to get back to being filthy. Yeah. <laughs> not, not because they want to go, go to be righteous. They want to get back into the filth. And so, you know, this is a very precarious time that we're living in. But just as the book of Malachi says, before the great and dreadful day, I'll send you Elijah. Yeah, we have that conjunction and great and dreadful. So you have to decide which side you want to be on. Are you on the great day or are you in the dreadful day? Mm. This is up to us. That's it, brother. That's it. Man, I'm going to stop here because we talked about a lot. 
And, um, <laughs> we're download, gonna, we're, what's that download start, you know? <laughs> listen, this is for the people, man. I hope the people, I know the people will appreciate it. I know the people are going to have a lot of questions. And so while they hit me up, I want you to share your information so they can hit you up <laughs> and oh, we can sure. help kind of serve the people. Sure. So um, I can be uh, contacted most easily uh, on IG at Beautiful Black Boy Bliss. That's my IG handle at Beautiful Black Boy Bliss. Um, you know, of course, I'm always willing to dialogue with people, but I'll tell you right now, I'm not going to be going back and forth with an energy vampire. Mm. Uh, no, no, no. But, you know, so I mean, if your question is asked in the right spirit, I'll definitely entertain that. But um, all, all the uh, debates and all that stuff. Yeah. But uh, but they can reach out to me at Beautiful Black Boy Bliss. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you again, brother. And I will definitely we're definitely going to build some more. Uh, I, I okay, can promise sure. you that, as, as, you know, as God allows. Yes, sir. Creator willing. All right. Yes, sir. Man, what a crazy conversation, yo. Shout out to my boy, Mark, holding it down, dropping some knowledge. Look, if certain things went over your head, hit me up, hit my boy up, and we'll be glad to share with anybody who's genuinely seeking because information is out there. I want to thank my boy for really dropping these gems about Islam. You know what I mean? Whether you call yourself a Christian, a Hebrew, a Muslim, a Moor, you know, what, whatever your title is, make sure that your heart is truly righteous, that you're searching after the most high, uh, that you're loving yourself, that you're loving your people. Because uh, ultimately, that's all that really matters. Your title doesn't gain, doesn't gain any access to anything. It is where your heart is. And so remember to breathe. Because your power is in your breath. It's the one resource that comes from God, which makes it your greatest asset. I'll see y'all when I see y'all. Peace. Every song is a homicide. My breath of fresh air is from aldehyde. Just let the album ride. I'm back in the zone in 2009. You in the browsing lines. I'm watching you niggas with Malcolm Oz. Death from a thousand lines. Accurate. Don't need a zone.